Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Remember that show? Welcome back, Cotta. Well, this is Welcome Back, Monica. <laughs> it's been a minute. Thank you for your concerned emails and questions pertaining to my whereabouts. Yes, I'm still with us. <laughs> and, um, you know, doing my thing. I've actually been very busy taking care of some personal time off and uh, fielding your voicemails and I'm sorry, rather your emails and voicemails and concerns and DMs and whatnot. And uh, in anticipation of my upcoming um, sabbatical, which is to begin actually today, (laughs) but here I am, Um, I could not uh, leave for my short-term sabbatical, which is the month of August, as many of you know who have followed me for a while, I've decided um, to heed my father's call, my heavenly father's call, and uh, take some much-needed time for rest. Um, Some of you are perplexed by that because um, the world is a little crazy, Um, you and I have a, uh, relationship of mutual respect and trust and, um, a source of encouragement and hope and inspiration. And, uh, none of that is going away, by the way. Uh, part of my 30 day sabbatical is a a ton of a prayer time. Uh, specifically for all of you in my country at large, all of us as, uh, as, as people who share the same soil as well as the world. And uh, just spending a lot of time, you know, in the presence of my dad. And some of you have been a little freaked out by that because you're, you know, you're feeling um, slightly vulnerable these days, right? And because we've come to trust, um, each other in, in as much as I, you know, receive your DMS and I receive your encouragement. Um, and I appreciate that. And I receive your questions and you allow me into your families, into your hearts, your struggles, your fears, your terror, uh, over these vaccine mandates that are coming out, or at least seemingly by your employers. You have to know your employers have been weaponized, um, in order to, um, somehow make you believe that they have the authority to vaccinate you or fire you as if those were your only two choices. And for sure, um, some of your states are, in fact, like Georgia, right to hire states. And um, that means they don't really have to have a reason for letting you go. Now, I do not see this turning out very well for corporate America, and I'm here to empower you and to encourage you to take your peace 
uh, in the midst of all of the chaos to take your peace and to know what your constitutional rights are with regard to this vaccine. I would encourage you to document every conversation, every piece of correspondence regarding this vaccination. I encourage you to be respectful um, and um, kind when it comes to addressing this, I want to encourage you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that whenever you stand on your religious convictions regarding your vaccination um, uh, or you know the jab, as people are calling it, because it's hard for me to call it a vaccination because many physicians I've been following and have had on my show um, have encouraged me to not refer to these as vaccinations, rather um, experimental drugs. And these are people who have had 20 plus years in the industry of vaccines. Um, And the protocol, the procedure, the process of uh, bringing a vaccine to the marketplace is a long, cumbersome, for a very good reason, uh, process with regard to trials. Uh, This is something that we have not been afforded across the globe. So I'm not a quote anti-vaxxer. I'm not a hysterical person. I'm not fear-mongering. I'm not here to badmouth the big pharma or to make a big stink about this. But in a very sober and mature and adult and uh, constitutional voice, I would say to you to first... Take your peace. Secondly, make a, an informed decision for your family, for you. Do your research. Gather as much information as possible. If it is confusing to you, my advice to people is to never make a decision in haste. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. Normally I'm referring to people who are um, ideating over suicide and primarily are veterans. This is a conversation I've had regularly with veterans not to make a permanent decision in a temporary situation. And the you're in a pressure cooker right now. It is never a good idea to make a decision under this inordinate amount of societal and political pressure where your health is concerned. It is very important for you to remain sober. Anger doesn't help. Frustration doesn't help. Confusion will never help. So I encourage you to follow. Uh, I personally follow Dr. Uh, follow Dr. Simone Gold of the frontline doctors. I've also had Dr. Jane Ruby on my show. Um, I'm, I'm not a proponent of fear mongering and, um, you know, getting people all fluffed up over, um, over all of this because you're already fluffed up enough. And so I'm going to share, um, a website with you that I want you to, uh, write down there there are a number of legal resources by the way for you if you're not following Robert Barnes on Twitter you may want to consider doing that I believe his handle is uh, at Barnes law um, but he is a very sober source with regard to 
uh, these vaccine, quote, mandates uh, regarding your employers. Another website to hop over to is Venable.com. Uh, legal solutions for today's world. Venable, V-E-N-A-B-L-E dot com. As of Jan- uh, June 24th, 2021, they have a seven-minute read on their website. I will actually put it on my website as well, so you can access it quickly there. Uh, it's called The Employer's Guide to the Religious Exemption for the COVID-19 Vaccine. The Employer's Guide to the Religious Exemption for the COVID-19 Vaccine. That is a great resource for you. I know many of you in the university system have reached out to me as professors and uh, whatnot. Uh, parents are very concerned about sending their kids back. I know I just received an email tonight from someone who asked about sexual activity as well as uh, blood transfusions. Now, I'm going to say this again. I am not a physician. I don't even pretend to be one on the air. Um, as com- I have worked in the medical field in the past, a long, long time ago, uh, but I am not a, um, a physician, as we all know. And again, I don't pretend to be one. So do not take my medical advice. I'm not giving you medical advice. Here is my humble opinion of two plus two is four. When, if we're following the track of HIV, uh, herpes, any viral load that we know is capable of uh, uh, mono, uh, that, that's capable of being transmitted sexually. Okay, the number one way that happens is through semen, because in with semen is blood, and most of these viruses are carried and they uh, shed within your blood. They shed in different parts of the body. Herpes, for instance, will shed usually somewhere along the spinal column in your nerve centers. So whether it's uh, herpes one and you have a manifestation on your lip, um, you will usually find that somewhere up in the back, you know, right around the base of the skull um, in in that part of your, uh, of your nervous system is where it likes to uh, burrow and shed, okay? Uh, With genital herpes, it's usually at the lower end of your uh, nervous system, and it sheds. You do not always see when these viruses are shedding. Some people have symptoms. Some people don't ever have symptoms. So, But they do, they can shed without even the host knowing that it is happening. So this is, again, this is how herpes can work. Um, this is how other viruses work. Mono is something that is said to be with you for life. Again, viral. These things are very intelligent. These are intelligent beings, if you will, uh, between viruses, parasites, um, they uh, cancers. You will hear oncologists refer to various cancers as aggressive, as if they have personalities, right? Um, either, and it's not... It's not just, you know, stage one through four, uh, but ultimately they have different personality characteristics. Well, that tells you that you are dealing with an intelligent, um, an intelligence. How about that? Okay. Parasites. 
gases they give off, uh, their life cycle, their ability to communicate uh, with one another, to confuse your cells. I mean, there's any number of things that go on. Again, I'm not a physician. These are things that I've picked up along my journey as a minister, um, as someone who has um, studied the correlation between your spiritual health and your biological, physical health, your genetic health, as well as it pertains to generational issues um, within your bloodlines. So with all that to say, you know, people preach safe sex for a reason, because not only to mitigate pregnancy possibilities, if you're not ready to be pregnant, but for the obvious, which is to mitigate disease trans, uh, transmission. So if two plus two is four and the viral load and, and this quote vaccination load um, is, is found in the blood. Okay. And your, your spike proteins, all of those things are found within your immune system. Your, you know, your, it's in your, it's in your body. It stands to reason that if it's a DNA modifier and it is a permanent modification to your DNA, according to a few physicians that I follow, including one I had on my show, it is a permanent alteration that you cannot undo as of today with any form of science or, 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 or other vaccine to, to, or chelation or things that people do to, um, to, I wouldn't say mitigate, but to, I mean, you can clear the body of a certain level of titers from certain vaccines and certain chemicals that are within the, the vaccines, primarily mercury with, through the process called chelation. According to physicians I've been in contact with, you cannot do that with any of the quote vaccinations that are currently on the market with the, um, with the binding agents, uh, the various chemicals that are in this particular makeup of quote vaccines, AKA experimental drugs at the moment. Um, that being said, if it's in your blood and it's a DNA modifier, when semen is deposited into the body of a woman, all of that DNA is deposited along with the semen as well as blood. Uh, hence how we end up with children. Uh, yeah, so this is Monica's simple biology class. <laughs> Again, not a physician, um, but two plus two really is four. And it stands to reason that if you're receiving a blood transfusion from someone who has been um, vaccinated um, and this particular blood has not been screened for uh, whatever level of titers of COVID it needs to be screened for. And I, I'm not even sure that there is a, a particular screening method for that, for COVID-19. Um, I, it would stand to reason that, again, just pure logic that I'm going with here. Okay. Non-medical professional logic here. Um, it stands to reason to me that those things could be transferred. Again, this is not to cause hysteria. Clearly, if you are or your loved one is in a car accident, um, 
you or you are in need of a blood transfusion, that is clearly not the time. Again, unless you are, I believe it's like Christian science. Um, there, there's a religious uh, sect that does not um, allow for blood transfusions, um, and it, and that is certainly your, you know, First Amendment right. It, uh, that is your religious conviction. Um, how it's your body, your choice, basically, with regard to um, a particular treatment and protocols. I know many parents have been hauled through the court system because they, according to their religious beliefs, did not um, think that it was in their, um, it wasn't within their purview and their religious, you know, founded upon their religious beliefs to treat their children. For, for anything from, you know, cancer to, you know, pretty serious terminal things that do have treatments, but some, um, and I don't judge them. I encourage you not to judge them because you don't follow their belief system. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's a story. I have lots of them. Um, my daughter, as many of you know, was extraordinarily, basically terminally ill from the the majority of her um, young adult life. And we were in and out of hospitals. I mean, I can't even tell you. It, it was just, it was a disaster. And we went through it together. We went through it by ourselves. We went through, if you're new to my show, I'm a widow of 22 years. Uh, my husband died of ALS. And so we, uh, my daughter and I have literally been through hell and back together uh, a couple of times, actually. And have the whole gift set. I mean, you know, we you, the headband, you know, the pom poms, you name it, we got it, and um, the fire extinguishers. It's been really good. But, but I got to tell you, um, I can say that with such ease because there's only one reason we came through any of that. Only one reason we have come through every bit of that fire without even smelling like smoke, and that is because of God. That is because of the word of God, not just, oh, I believe there's a God. No, that's because God was very gracious to me and opened my eyes to his promises. And I ate those suckers and buried them deep within my bone marrow. And whenever I had to call upon them, I did. When I had to stand upon them, I did. And I became immovable. That did not mean I wasn't crying and snotting on people's shoulders. It didn't mean I wasn't tempted to drink myself to sleep at night. It didn't mean that I wasn't, um, you know, angry. No. <laughs> All of that was very tempting and present, and uh, sometimes I faltered, um, you know, bitterness set in. I mean, you name it, you know how it is. It's just when it's one attack after another, you know, many of us, if we are honest, for those of you who are holier than me, I commend you, you know, I'm clutching my pearls, thanking God for all of you. I'm just not that holy, apparently, because I'm just that human, that when the poop hits the fan... Um, the poop hits the fan, and sometimes I respond accordingly. But I will tell you this, when I chose to respond to the Word of God with faith, with regard to the hell we were going through, I became immovable, and those mountains moved. And so one of the scariest moments was 
I had a decision to make. Many of you are married. You have your spouses to uh, call upon to make family health decisions in a crisis. And I did not have that. And I called um, the one man who uh, I, I was not in fellowship with my father at the time for a number of reasons. And so I called my pastor and I said, I need your advice. My daughter's um, red blood count is so low that she needs, um, her hemoglobin is so low that she needs a blood transfusion, matter of fact, multiple. And I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm not sure if it's safe. What if it's not safe? Her immune system's already so low. And, um, and he soberly said to this, you know, crying, hysterical mother who was just so tired of having to make decisions on my own that he said, Monica, if she was in a, a car accident and it was an emergency situation and she was bleeding out, what would you do? And I said, I would give her the blood transfusion. And we hung up. That was my answer. And we did. And I laid hands on that blood. And I prayed. This brings back memories. And I'm going to let you share this moment with me. Because some of you are going to find yourselves in this situation. Some of you are going to find yourselves in an emergency situation and you could be so freaked out by all of the dis and misinformation that you're receiving about everything that you're going to be freaked and not really know what's the right thing to do. And I don't want you to be freaked out. I want you to be at peace and I want you to be sober about the choices you have to make for you and your children and your loved ones. Because... If your religious conviction is such that you're not going to take a vaccine mandated by the federal government or a boss or a whatever, an HOA, for God's sakes, God knows mine would probably try it, but um, I'm serious. If you guys or the military, a lot of you listening to me are active military, you've got that coming down the pike, I'm just going to tell you. The Pentagon's already kicking that can down the field. As mandatory vaccines go, most of your vaccines are already mandatory anyway in the military, but this is a real scary prospect for some of you, I know, because I hear from you. So you're going to have decisions to make. And when you make them, they just need to be made with a sober spirit. And you just need to be resolved. And you need to take your peace that it is your body. And it is your agency. And it is your choice. And God designed you. And if your conviction is religious in nature, then you need to honor that. And not only do you honor that, but you honor the truth that God will provide for you and your family. If you lose your job because you refuse to take a jab, I want you to stand on the word I want you to get into the word first. Read it for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. It's not going to become flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone until you read it for yourself. You speak it out loud to your situation. 
and you have to stand on it and you see God move that mountain. My testimony helps because the word says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I'm just telling you right now, anytime I have ever put my faith in God to that extent for anything, really, but I'm talking about major mountains that needed to be moved. And I stood on that and I may have been standing. I'm in, I'm look, you know, you see squirrels like out on the skinny branches, right? Some of you guys are barely hanging on like by a twig to your faith. All you need is the grain of a mustard seed, the grain, the grain of the seed of a mustard seed. That's all you need. That is so minuscule to move mountains. And God immediately aligns with faith. It says his spirit roams to and fro. You know, the enemy is not the only one prowling. And God's not prowling. His spirit is constantly, constantly moving to and fro to see where he can align with faith. Did you know that? That is really cool. That is really awesome that he is constantly searching for his word to align with his word here in the earth. That's why it's so important for you to know his word and speak it with the authority that you have been endowed with as his child. That is your birthright. You speak to those things, those mountains move. So I know many of you are very afraid of losing your jobs, what's going to happen? Are we going to lose our home? The scripture that says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, I'm just telling you right now, God is a very faithful father, even when we're not faithful. His word is not a lie that it will return void. It will not return void. I'm not saying you may not lose your home. I'm not... I'm not trying to give you any grand illusions that everything is going to be smooth sailing because you put your faith in God. The week I gave my life to Jesus Christ over 20 years ago, and believe me, I've taken it back several times. I even wrote a book about it. I'm not proud of it, but that's just my little windy, you know, my my windy narrow road that I that I've walked with the Lord. He's actually walked with me more like a drunken sailor for most of my, you know, proverbially speaking, for most of my walk, but I'm just being honest. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's getting straighter, <laughs> but I haven't always stayed on the narrow path. <laughs> and I'm very candid about that because God has been, been very graceful, uh, gracious and merciful, uh, to me as his child. Um, I can tell you, he has never forsaken me. Feels like it. Looks like it. Smells like it. It's really, it sucks sometimes, but the week I gave my life to the Lord, (laughs) this is so priceless. Such a great story. This is my story night. Ah, the, The week I gave my life to the Lord, we literally lost every dime we had from my husband's life insurance policy. Like it was just gone. It was already gone before I knew that because I, I bought into this ridiculous, you guys remember pay phones? (laughs) Well, somewhere in the world, I own I own sixty six of them, and uh, and the um, SEC quickly realized that that was a giant scam that many of us were involved in here in the um, state of Georgia. So our money was gone 
capital G-A-W-N, gone. And I'm like, well, damn, that was fun. You know, just said amen to Jesus, and now we're broke, busted, and disgusted. That was awesome. So much for tithing, and so much for God pouring out a blessing so so big, I couldn't contain it. You know, my blessing was like, see ya. All my money was chunked down the toilet. But I'm going to tell you what I did have. I, I didn't walk around with an enormous amount of shame or guilt. I felt kind of stupid, I'm not going to lie, because... My dad tried to tell me, you know, be careful, don't do that. I wouldn't do that if I were you. I'd play it safe. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch my money grow. And I did actually for two years. It seemed pretty good until it wasn't. And, um, and that stuff was like gone. And, but I had peace. I had a sober mind. Other people were throwing, uh, good money after bad and suing these clowns that had run off with their money. And, um, I knew in my soul I was not supposed to do that. I could have. But what was the point? They were in prison. How are they going to pay me back? They had no assets. <laughs> so, you know, why am I going to pay an attorney to run after no money? I mean, it was just stupid. But had I been wrapped up in my flesh and in my emotions and, and vindication and revenge and retribution and justice, right? There's a difference between justice and revenge, by the way. I covered that on a couple of shows a couple of shows ago. Um, revenge is not a good thing to take into your own hands, and justice does eventually get served in God's timing. Um, and sometimes it doesn't appear in the way that we, you know, our little flesh wants it to. Um, but when it comes to justice being served on our own lives, you know, we're the first ones to be like, Oh Lord, have mercy. Um, you know, and we need mercy and we need grace. So it's always good to extend it, uh, to others as well. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? God's all right, here we go. Here we are. You know, I still had some money left until Obama and that was fun. Watch the rest of it flush down the toilet and the housing implosion in 2007. So that was good. Good times, good times. Um, but we were never, we had some hella times. I'm not going to lie. I mean, good grief. If anyone had almost lost their house a hundred times, it was me. Um, my daughter gets chronically ill. I can't work. Um, I'm homeschooling. I mean, it was just a met my cars repossessed. It was crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And all the while I'm like, all right, well, I'm still going to, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I wasn't always faithful, but I do believe in the premise of it. I just do. I, I, it, I believe that there is a, God really does uh, keep the devourer off of your crops. And while he was trying to come in with locusts and other areas of my life, um, you know, for every locust the enemy sent into my life, God sent 10 other people to help mitigate the damage of those crops. Now, some of you are like, well, why didn't you just keep locusts from coming to begin with? Um, good question. I've asked that question many times, but I'll tell you this. I wouldn't be able to sit here on this podcast tonight and share with you an absolute certainty that if you make a decision in faith, and you're trusting God to come through for you in faith, and you seek that, and you speak that, and you stand on that, and that's the compact that you make with God, He will not forsake you. It is impossible for Him to abandon His children. It just won't happen. 
again, doesn't mean the crap won't hit the fan, but you will have a peace that surpasses all understanding. And you guys, I cannot stress this enough. Your families, your friends, your communities are going to continue to fissure and divide because people are not turning to the truth. They're not turning to the Lord for the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so you're going to see people who will uninvite you to things. You will be fired. You will um, not be allowed into certain establishments. You, your life will become um, a little bit of a, of a, of a microcosm of, of what it used to be. I'm not saying it'll always be this way, but the world is chaotic right now. It is in a frenzy, but you simply don't have to be. You just need to be committed to your convictions, you and your family. If you have taken these vaccines, I hear from you as well. And many people are afraid. I'm not a vaccine shamer at all. I don't believe in that. I, I'm, I was aghast by what one of these crazy scientists overseas said about, uh, well, it's the vaccinated and get ready to burn the bodies. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? I couldn't believe it. I shared it on Twitter. I was like, who is this guy? He's like a Croatian. He's probably related to Soros. Who knows? But, or a German. Um, and I'm German. So I love the Germans, but you know, lost some of my own family, uh, during that whole demonic hell, uh, set upon the earth moons ago. And that's kind of what it appears we're living through in this country. I don't say that to be hyperbolic or to be crazy or nuts or to make you afraid. Hopefully you know that by now. I'm just saying the same psychological warfare that was perpetuated upon uh, the good folks of Germany in 1933 are some of the same tactics that are being used on us. They're not new um, matter of fact, they started, you know, way back in the garden. Did he really say you couldn't eat that? Well, he told you that because he knew that he has something that you don't. Sound familiar? So your enemy's not your neighbor. Your enemy's not the vaccinated or the unvaccinated, the masked or the unmasked. <laughs> it's... Um, the, that's not your enemy. Your enemy is Ephesians 6 and 12. Your enemy is the enemy. You remember how I always say the issue is not ever the issue. Well, the, your enemy is the enemy that people want you to believe um, is your enemy is not your enemy. But the author of confusion is your enemy and his kingdom. So... One of the reasons why this sabbatical is so important to me is because my industry is crazy. And I have been um I've been nonstop engaged since before November. And I think it's really healthy for the brain, seriously, like physically for the brain to heal, to be quiet, to be centered and focused on Beautiful things, which the Bible tells us to do, to, you know, on, think on these things, right? 
and, and why things that are beautiful and true and noble and good, right? And why is that? Because the brain, I'm not talking about your mind. I'm talking not the soul component. I'm talking about your anatomical brain, your brain. And see, people who are brainwashing you know this. Propagandists know how your anatomical brain works. Your brain has pathways in it. Your brain has like roadways in it. And the more you think about something, you basically, you ladies who use Botox know what I'm talking about because many of you use Botox because you have these grooves in your forehead from years of stress and sun damage and whatever and just the aging process. And whenever those muscles relax via Botox uh, Botox injection, then those grooves go away because the muscles no longer being exercised in the same way that it was. So the grooves smooth out. Those pathways change. The appearance of them do. And so, unfortunately, with wrinkles, you have to keep going back for Botox because as soon as the Botox wears off and you use those muscles again, it comes right back. So, you know, for those of you who are engaged in social media, you know, 8 to 10 to 15, 16, some of you 20 hours out of the day, you are literally forging pathways in your brain that are likely not healthy for you. And how do I know that? Because I follow you and I pay attention just like really bad actors do. I, and I'm not an AI program. I pay it. I'm not artificially, I'm not an artificial intelligence uh, bot I do have a wealth of intelligence endowed by my father, who is the ultimate intelligence. Um, and so do you, by the way. And uh, we're just all uniquely designed. But I follow you, and I watch your rhetoric. And whether it's mocking, or it's anger, or just outright belligerence and bitterness and fear, most of it is very fearful in your tweets, your posts on Telegram, your messages to me, very fearful. Fear creates a pathway in your brain that is not healthy because when you fear something, that signals something to your adrenal glands. And before you know it, you have got a cortisol, you know, just schwimbad going on, a, a bathing, a, a swimming pool going on in your body. Um, and your body cannot sustain that level of cortisol for long, it will begin to damage your organs, your reproductive system. I mean, it's, it's dangerous territory. So it's good to rest. It is good to rest your physical brain from all of this craziness. So I plan on doing that for the next 30 days. I will not be engaging with you all on social media. I'm not going to be on social media, um, if I am led to uh, drop a podcast somewhere between now and then, or to share a word of encouragement, you will see it on social media. Uh, I will simply have it posted from an automatic platform. But please do not be offended um, if I do not respond to you. I am not abandoning you. I am not, uh, you know, otherwise running off of the field or many of you feel like you're about to just die. Um, that's not the case. But here's something very important that I really hope 
if you've listened to me at all for the past, uh, what are we on? We're going into our eighth month, but 10 months now, I would remind you that it is never wise to put your faith in the arm of man or woman. So please do not erect anyone with a microphone or um, a president's lapel pin or a congressman or a senator, um, governor, uh, anyone, never a, a priest, a pastor, uh, never put anyone in the place of your true comforter and your true wisdom. And that includes me. I, it is very dangerous territory for you to get there. As you can see, many of you are very angry and bitter. Uh, you feel like President Trump walked off the field, which I don't personally believe, but I thought, you know, um, it was it was good for him to take some downtime and, and play golf, and, you know, he lost some weight, and now he's back out there with you all. Um, but no one's going to get us through this. I need you to hear me very clearly. No one is going to get us through this but God. No one. Not President Trump, not Joe Biden, not Kamala Harris. No no one is going to, not Ron DeSantis. No one's going to get us through what we're all going through in this on this globe right now in the world. No one's going to get us through this but God. And that means God living in you. That means the kingdom of heaven living in you. And if you don't know what that means, you are in trouble. Because you don't have a solid foundation from which to live your daily life. And these are very perilous times. I don't say that lightly. They are. People are sick. They're depressed. They're having heart problems, stomach problems. Stress is really taking people out right now. And stress comes from fear. You know, the Bible says that in the latter days, men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Right? Have you ever been struck with terror about something? Your heart responds to that, and not very well, I might add. I mean, you have a giant adrenaline push and cortisol push through your body. It's extreme. It can be extremely damaging for people. So it's something to consider to take your peace. And so, um, I haven't, I haven't really decided how. I mean, I know I'm going to be deep diving into scripture for the next thirty days, um, and I'm excited about that. And so, whatever I'm prompted to share with you. I will. Um, but I want to encourage you to find, here's something very simple to do, because many of you are intimidated by the word, and, and you, it just is like you know Swahili to you, and I get it. But don't let that deter you, okay? And, and, and here's kind of a, a little bit of a Monica formula for getting you rolling, okay? And so I would encourage you to first start with a very simple prayer, asking God 
for his wisdom. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the Bible promises you that if you seek God's heavenly wisdom, because there's a difference between earthly and carnal wisdom and heavenly wisdom, okay, that he will apply her to you liberally, meaning he will give you an abundance of her called wisdom. And he will do so without finding fault with you. Isn't that awesome? I think that's awesome. That's very cool. That's called his grace. So he encourages you to seek him and you will find him to knock and his doors will be open, right? And to ask and it will be given. So purpose it in your heart to seek him. Purpose it in your mind to seek him. And then set your face like Flint. Don't let anything interrupt that time. I don't care if it's five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. Ultimately, what you're going to find is you're going to be really surprised with the person of God that you find in those pages. I, it's it's just a beautiful romance novel. If you can get past a religious spirit, if you can get past, you know, the accusation spiritually that will come to you that, you know, well, I don't understand this. This is written by man and all of the all the objections that we have. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it was written by man. So is your tweet that you believe. So is the Washington Post article that people believe. And so is the Hillsdale College, you know, bulletin. And you guys believe that. So, and, all right, next, dealt with that objection. Okay, well, you should be cleaning the dishes, and you've got this, and you should be looking for a job. Uh, There's so many accusations that get hurled at you whenever you start seeking God, trust me. And you just have to look at it and go, okay, I hear you. You're right. I do need to be looking for a job. But what I first need to do is be looking for my father who's going to ensure that I'm not without one for much longer. Really simple stuff. Okay. So purpose it in your heart and your mind to seek God. Ask for his wisdom. Okay. I would encourage you to find a daily. um, There are a lot of apps with this stuff out there, but some of you have like Jesus calling, you know, you've got like your little publication of the day or your calendar. Some of you have calendars that have little scriptures on the bottom. I personally enjoy starting with the book of John because John was known as the beloved of Jesus. And the book of John is extremely um, love centric, very much so God's love and his redemptive plan for us from the foundations of the world. Okay. So, but if you have a particular daily uh, meditation, you know, uh, word of encouragement calendar, who knows, whatever, they usually have citations on those. Um, and they have a scripture address. And so I would encourage you to go write down the address, get out a little, get out a little, um, a little notepad and be purposeful about what you're seeking God for. Okay. Write that down. What is the wisdom that you need for that day? This is so not religious. I just love it. This is all relational. Okay. And it's going to get you through these times. I'm just telling you, I promise you. I promise you that God will not abandon you in your search for him. I don't know how he will reveal himself, but I I believe God's promises to you that he will open the door, he will pour it out, and he will answer you. I have no idea what that will look like. And I'm not promising you a job. I'm just telling you. that, And I'm not promising you perfect health. 
those are things that he promised to heal all of your diseases, to forgive all of your um, sins. And he is your provider. He is your protector. He is your comforter. He is your your defense. He is your friend. He's your father. I mean, he is wisdom. He's so many things that are so relational, that have nothing to do with man's version of religion whatsoever. Okay, get out a notepad. Write down your little scripture that you find. and Or maybe you start with John 1. I don't know. What is it that you're seeking God for? Be intentional about that. Once you know that, you can also cross-reference in your phone. You can go to DuckDuckGo. Don't ever use Google, ever, my humble opinion. Go to DuckDuckGo, type in, um, you know, the Bible verses about finances. I don't know. Uh, Bible verses about health and healing, okay? And then go to your particular Bible verse, whatever it is you're seeking. Relationships, I, I don't know, marriage. Um, sex. Some of you have questions, you know, about all kinds of things. It's all in there. Go to your first scripture, read that, chew on it, toss it around, read through different versions. You know, the King James version is a good plumb line, or the New King James version, and you can branch out from there. The NIV, eh, I'm not a big fan of the NIV personally. That many things have been omitted that just bother me that are very crucial. <laughs> to the actual spine of Christianity, uh, to the foundation, to the immune system, of, of uh, to the bone marrow of Christianity. Uh, things have been left out of the NIV that really bother me. Uh, there's no offense if that's what you choose to read. Go for it. God can work through it. Um, but, you know, I personally love the Passion Translation is really good. Some of you like the message because it's very um, conversational. As, as we converse today. So it's something that you guys can actually comprehend and chew on and digest very easily. That's, that's very important. So don't get hung up on the version, but just get the word. And chew on that. Chew on that first scripture. Next, usually out in your side column of your Bibles or right to the side of that verse, you're going to see other verses that are citations that correspond with that verse that you're reading. You can then cross-reference, go to other verses. What you're going to end up doing is building precept upon precept, okay? And you're going, which is very important, that's also in the Word, Uh, because precepts are foundational. They're foundational blocks for your faith. And these are things that whenever life hits you like a wave, the banner that the Lord raises is His Word. But if it's not inside of you, how is He going to raise it? Does that make sense? You're the one who, when the Holy Spirit's inside of you with his word, when that flood from the enemy comes into your life, you can't raise a banner you have never established. So I hope that makes sense to you. And that's what we're doing, is building foundational blocks to basically um, hide you in the private secret place of God, which is Psalm 91. That's also a good place to start in this day and age. Go to Psalm 91. You can cross-reference the various scriptures, and building those blocks, what you're going to find is a harmony within the scriptures. And harmony is very important, because harmony is like a beautiful orchestra. 
And when you have questions that come up or people who attempt to, you know, fight you over your faith or why do you believe this? I mean, the Bible says this over here. You're like, yeah, but it does say that over there. But then over here it says this. And not everything in the Bible is contradicting. And even if you have a contradiction, there is something harmonious that you can find to remedy the contradiction. So again, it doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be an uphill battle. And it doesn't have to be religious. But it it does need to build your fortress to build the foundation. So whenever the enemy comes in like a flood, you A, have a banner to to raise. God has a banner to to raise over your life. And that banner should ultimately lead you and your family to freedom. Because that's his first agenda for you, is to liberate you from this earthy, earthly crazy matrix that we live in. He never promised us a rose garden on the side of eternity, but he did promise us uh, with our salvation comes joy, comes peace, and righteousness. Those are your promises. If you're not walking in righteousness, peace, and joy, then you're not walking your salvation. So there's no reason to wait to get to heaven, to enjoy your salvation. And the only way to enjoy those things is to know what the word says. Those are the building blocks. And some of you have pastors who do a wonderful job and you go and get filled up on Sunday and then you just live like hell for the rest of the week with your gut hurting and your headaches and migraines and random periods and, you know, all kinds of craziness. (laughs) Drunken nights and affairs and, you know, just nuts, addictions, um, you know. And again, your pastor is probably great, wonderful, but the Lord wants to walk with you every day. And so during these times, this is something that you can do to be building up your mind. Because the battle is for your mind. It's for your soul. And in your soul is your mind your will, and your emotions. And every single time you log on to social media, your mind, your will, and your emotions are all engaged. They're firing on every single cylinder. And that becomes an exhaustion to your physical body, especially when you're wound up trying to know who's telling you the truth and who's lying. And when all you got to do is sit down at the breakfast table in the morning, I would encourage you to do these studies very early in the morning. If you have to get up, get up early before anyone up for all your little crazy kids start running around and hollering and screaming or, you know, your teenagers taking up the bathroom, whatever. Um, the t- television's on, the dog's throwing up on the carpet. Just get up and, and, and let that be your private time where you feed your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm telling you, you're going to come a- away from that time just fulfilled. You'll probably have more questions, which is great. Um, I believe you'll be um, satiated. I believe you will feel like your you'll feel like your cup is filling up as opposed to being depleted. Um, if you get confused or frustrated, it's not the end of the world. You can stop and pray through that. Lord, 
this whole thing seems like a bunch of hogwash to me. I don't understand it at all. I need you to help me. Okay, I need you to help me understand um, why I'm so angry or whether or not we should take the vaccine or whether or not, you know, what what do I do? Do I take a right? Do I take a left? Um, I need to hear from you. And then just be quiet. And listen. It's really hard to do that when you're wrapped up in the chaos. This is why I'm taking a sabbatical. And I'm really thrilled for the permission that I feel like I have been given and I've given myself. It is, um, it is a beautiful thing to enter into God's rest. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the children of Israel did not make it into the promised land for one reason. The word says they didn't make it in because they refused to enter into his rest. And they died in the wilderness because of being a stiff-necked people, which means they were stubborn. They always wanted to rely upon their own resources, their own vain imaginations, their own golden calves, their own orgies, their own, you know, theft and doubt, unbelief and fear. And, you know, a 40-day journey took 40 years, and that generation died out, and the rest of them, the, the, the newer generation, went in. So I encourage you to enter into his rest during the, and it can be done. I cannot tell you how many people, even people close to me were, I think, you know, they were concerned about me losing followers or, you know, that, um, you know, that I was walking off of the quote battlefield and that you guys would feel abandoned. And I've heard this from multiple people, and it grieves me because these are people that I thought knew my heart and my soul and my and who I am and that I'm not a quitter. And I wouldn't walk off the field and leave anybody anywhere, but I cannot answer to you all. I cannot be enslaved by your likes or dislikes or uh, follows or unfollows, I, you know, or, or whether or not... I'm going to make money off of, you know, monetizing followers. You know, I just thank God I've never been, I've never even been in a position to to monetize you guys (laughs) through clicks and likes and this and that. Um, It just hasn't worked out for me. And now I know why, man, that used to piss me off. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Um, And now I get it where it's like, I cannot be beholden to all of you in that way that I am just so important that, you know, I can't take a day off of of work. I can't take 30 days without my followers falling apart. I mean, it's just weird. Please don't be that follower. That is creepy. That is not the audience I want. So you, I, this is not the cult of Monica. No, I've been saying that you know, for months, quit erecting idols. 
whether it's General Flynn, it's President Trump, it's Lynn Wood, it's Sidney Powell, it's Mike Lindell. Some of you are like, man, this thing in August is going to just, Mike's going to knock this into orbit. I have no idea what Mike Lindell is going to do with whatever information he has, but I'm here to tell you this. Whether that is a complete flop or it is some wonderful thing, you um, should still sit down and get to know your father. Because putting your faith and your trust in any of these men out here or women, myself included, is futile. I'm just telling you, we are merely mortals, just like you. So give yourself a break. Give yourself some rest. Rest in your father. That is a command of his One day of rest out of the week. One day. Some of you haven't taken a vacation in years, and you see that as such a badge of honor. And it's like, I get it, but it's not a badge of honor. It's a badge of rebellion. I didn't write that, but I believe it. It is not a badge of honor to put yourself on such a pedestal of fighting for others or fighting for the country or working or, you know, whatever it is you think you're doing that's so important that you, that you're, that you know better, that your body, that your mind, your heart, your soul don't need rest, even though your creator, the person who knitted you in his own womb before he put you in your mother's womb, knows that your body and your mind need rest and commanded you to take rest, and you're like, no, I got this. That's called pride. That is called rebellion. It is not godly. And I'll tell you this, it's actually very deadly. It's deadly not only physically to your health, but to the health of your relationships. Many divorces occur. Many families split. Kids have no respect. They feel alone and abandoned by parents who just cannot learn how to rest. They do not make rest a priority, therefore they do not prioritize their families properly. That is a major cause for divorce. That is a major cause for your kids in their dysfunction, their depression, their suicide ideation. I'm not kidding. You have got to get your houses in order. And I am at the top of that list. And so part of my order is rest. So I want to encourage you to do that. I I would also encourage you that as you're going through your Bibles, if you could, uh, you can also pull this up on your phone. It's a digital as well, but I like, I'm a very tactile person. I like to touch things and smell the pages of the book and all of that. Just, you know, I look like Kermit the Frog with his little... You know, this little uh, typewriter craziness. Um, Speedy Gonzalez on the typewriter. Um, I'm like him whenever I get into an etymology search. You know, I'm just like an archaeological dig with words. And so I'll pull out my concordance. If you all knew how rich the Hebrew and the Greek are whenever it comes to um, how much is lost in the English translation of words... 
if during your time of searching, you will also search for the richer meaning of the words that you're studying, it will absolutely blow your mind. And it will take you into a place of relationship and understanding of these precepts and principles that will become the bedrock of your lives that will far surpass any kind of man-made religion. It's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. We live in a time when words have become so bastardized and just adulterated. They're so diminished. They mean, you know, nothing. I know for some of you it bothers you that I cuss, and and I understand, but it is it is one of my faults, one of many. Um, and I realize that you think that that diminishes the English language, and yes, it can, and yes, it's unnecessary, and yes, it's unladylike. I know all of that. <sighs> Nevertheless, um, I wish that you would direct all of that passion, all of that disdain you have for my little potty mouth at times into uh, really searching out the beauty, the romance, the pursuit, the passion, you know, just the, the protection, the warrior. I mean, all of those things are just like, I say magical comes to mind, but some of you get triggered by that because you think of witchcraft, but just the, the bigness of God, if there's a word, you know, just the, the vastness of, of God in words, right? And just the meatiness of, of the words. And they're just beautiful. And there's so much of a deeper meaning into things, a broader meaning, some of you are fine swimming in a little bowl of soup, and that's okay. I don't fault you for that. But I'm, I'm a huge romantic, and um, and God really romances my heart um, through His Word and through the written Word, and the English language really loses uh, a lot of context <laughs> and a lot of the uh, texture. You know, for those of you who are visual artists you'll understand texture um, and the English language just loses a lot of that. For instance, you know, in Greek, you have multiple meanings for love, right? In the English language, we just have love. So we're like, well, if you love your neighbor, you'll wear your mask and get a jab all in the same day. All right. See how that gets adulterated. <laughs> it's like, well, actually, I'm pretty sure that's called code, being codependent with your neighbor. So anything that demands that you give up your rights, your God-given constitutional rights on top of that, in order for someone else to feel okay about themselves, um, that's not godly. See what I mean? And if you knew your Bibles, you would know that what I'm telling you is true. It's not my opinion, but... It's something that I have adopted as truth. And so if I went before an employer, I would not be lying whenever I said my religious convictions prohibit me from putting something into my body that I know for sure is going to permanently. Uh, well, I say for sure, here's my disclaimer, uh, that others that who I trust in the medical community have proven um, through a myriad of machinations that it will alter my body forever. And I'm not... Um, you know, I'm not going to be at the mercy of the government over the agency of my body. And God tells me that that is my religious right. And the Constitution tells me that that's my religious right. And I thank you for honoring that. Now, 
I hope I can go back to my desk and get back to my work. That would be my personal conviction. Because I understand what God says about me and my agency and my body. And actually, my body belongs to him now and his Holy Spirit. So I also understand that I don't have to be contentious or vapid or crazy um, or just, you know, downright wretched. Um, I also understand that, you know, I can hire an attorney and deal with it legally. I can get a group of people together and form a class action suit against an employer who is demanding that I disclose my personal health um, um, my personal health uh, record regarding anything that goes in or comes out of my body that is not my employer's business on any level by law. So I would encourage you to pay attention to the documents that you're signing online, terms of agreement that you are agreeing with, compacts that you're making with entities that unawares that obligate you to things, that silence your voice. You know, this is a season when you're going to need to become as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. And that is entirely possible to do. You will notice I'm not covering really a single thing other than the vaccine issue um, that's going on because, honestly, um, it's all, we're living literally in a snow globe. I said that to uh, Zach Voorhees, who is going to be my last interview, uh, my first and last interview for this month. He is releasing his new book, I believe, on August the 3rd, and he'll be on with me uh, tomorrow. And so I will release his interview. Um, He has asked to come on and discuss his book, and I've had him on my show before. You will recall Zach uh, was the Google whistleblower. Um, So he can... Uh, You can purchase his book and read all about how uh, things are intentionally left out for you not to be able to seek understanding um, on certain things and and obtain information uh, that's pertinent to you being able to make an informed decision, Um, how information is manipulated, how you are manipulated and uh, bought and sold on an open market as chattel. Um, All these things I'm sure he will divulge in his book. But, um, you know, as I told him, he was like, what do you think is going on? Uh, You know, what do you think about what's going on in the world? And I said, I'll be honest with you. I feel like we're living in a snow globe. And, the best thing you can do when all of the snow is shaking up and everything is being shaken is get your footing. Get your footing and stay there. You know, find your door jam. You know, in, in California, they tell you find, get in the middle of your door jam, right? Because it's a strong, uh, it's, a, it's a strong structure, and the chances of the floor falling out from below you are 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 you know, at least a little bit slimmer that you'll fall into the earth. But, um, but that's where they tell you to go. And so some of you need to find your door jams right now. Some of you just need to stand still. Some of you need to get off of social media, literally just take a hiatus from it, even if it's for a day and just see how much better your brain feels. Find something else to replace that time with. Get your phone out of your hands, put it far away from you. Take the app off of your phone, whatever it is you need to do. 
and give your physical brain a rest, but we are living in a snow globe. That's what I believe. And so when things are crazy and swirling like this, you get out of the debris path, you get out of the fray, and you get in the middle of the eye of the storm where it's calm. And you listen, and you watch, and you listen some more, and you watch, and you understand that 30 days from now, everything we're looking at right now is going to look different. Because it's always different. There is not, I'm not telling you that for you Q sycophants out there. I'm not telling you that because I know anything about what's coming in 30 days because I don't. What I'm telling you is that life is always changing. And what's in, what's so crazy right now that your blood pressure is literally coming out the top of your head over is going to be something different in 30 days. That's what I mean by that. Things change. And so instead of us always being tossed to and fro, with this wild tempest we're living in right now, this socio-political madness, it is possible for you to look at it for what it is and to find your footing and stay there. All right, I've talked enough. As you can hear, I'm getting a little cloggy. Sorry. Thank you for sharing my work. Thank you for um, for being here with me tonight. Thank you for your prayers, for your awesome words of encouragement. Please know that I love you, and I am not abandoning you. Uh, I am uh, I am being obedient to what I believe I'm being called to do, and I do hope that you'll take some time. I hope this encourages you to take some time to rest, just some designated time, whether it's every day, once a week, whatever it is you can do, and just rest. Enter into, into his rest, right? Enjoy your hobbies, you know. Encourage and uplift your communities. Take care of your families. Watch out for your babies. Watch out for your children online. Dads, get back in there. Roll up your sleeves. Be a father. Be a man in your household. Get your houses in order. You know, put God first. We keep saying it's America first. I understand that because that's our country. But it's really God first. We need to bring God first. First, back into our minds, our bodies, our families, our communities, our government. That needs to happen. All right. Until next time, uh, I will put out, if you haven't signed up for my newsletters, you may want to do that at monicamatthews.com. I am going to uh, send this podcast out with my newsletter that will go out uh, tomorrow. And it will have with it a link to various legal entities that I think uh, will benefit some of you. Know what your rights are. Go ahead and find someone who uh, you may have to employ or deploy um, either as a civil, as a class action issue against your employers. I would encourage you to um, simply invoke your religious uh, liberties and do it peacefully and respectfully And uh, if that does not work, then you have other options you can exercise. Ultimately, if you know, um, you know, if you're threatened with being fired and you are in fact fired, just take your peace. Have a plan in place. Have a contingency plan. This is something you need to discuss with your spouses and uh, your partners, your loved ones and significant others and 
Make sure that you're all on the same page and understand the risks with saying no thanks to a vaccination or no thanks to a mask. Some of you could find yourselves fined or in jail. So you have to count the cost of your uh, choices that you have coming up. But you do have choices. You're not prisoners. I'm going to repeat that. You are not a prisoner to this government. That is not what this country was founded upon. That is not what God says about us as his people. We are not to be prisoners of our government. That is not what we're called to do. There is a civil way to conduct yourselves, ourselves, preaching to myself too, with regard to our constitutional rights and our God-given rights, whenever it comes to our health, our freedom, our ability to move about, what we put on our faces, what we don't, our ability to teach our children. Um, those are our rights. Don't forget that. But conduct yourself, conduct yourself through the lens of your salvation, which is your righteousness, your peace, and your joy. All right, guys. Begin to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. Thank you for sharing this podcast. I know it was lengthy. Uh, I hope it encourages you. And it will be up on my website, so you'll be able to uh, reach out and click on that anytime you need some encouragement. Check in with my website on occasion or social media. You never know what the Holy Spirit will inspire me to do in this next 30 days. But uh, keep me in your prayers. That's the best thing you can do for me. All right, until then. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.